I'm pulling out of the parking lot. We all know what that means. It's time to have their drive to work. And I dropped my son off at camp. Okay, so today is all about artists. A very important part of our process that I have not talked about. Um, I, I, I've gotten around the edges and some stuff I'll talk today, I've talked about a little bit. But um, okay, so one of the most popular parts of a magic card is the art. Um, and people ask a lot of questions about the art. In fact, the funny thing is when I tell people that I make magic cards out in, in the world, a lot of times they think that I mean I make the art, which I don't. Well, I did once and not, the, not that good art. Um, but today I'm going to talk about the people that actually make the art, the people that know how to draw. Okay, so um, the first question people often ask is, so, you know, do the artists all work at Wizards? Uh, and the answer is mostly No. Um, our artists are almost all freelance. Um, we do have some concept artists that are in the creative team, and most of our art directors started by being artists for the game. So, you know, our, our art directors are all capable of doing art, but they do not tend to um, mostly illustrate cards once they become art directors. Um, and um, so the way it works is that there's a large freelance pool that we have many, many artists, hundreds of artists. Um, and the idea is that for any one project, we will figure out what artists make the most sense. So let's say we're making a magic world. Um, one of the things that the artists will fit, well, well, actually, let's go to the very beginning. So we're gonna make a world. We're gonna make a brand new world we've never made before. So the first thing that happens is we actually get some of the artists that we've worked with to come in to do what we call world building or concepting where we have an idea of the world we want and the creative team has worked hard to sort of figure out the basic essence of the world. And then we bring in artists so that we can figure out what it looks like, what the essence of the world is from a, from a viewpoint. And then they work with the story team to make sure that the cosmology is intertwined in the world building. Um, usually what happens though is a lot of the cosmology is done before the world building and then they after they make stuff, then they go back and change things based upon the stuff created by the world building team. Um, but the world, the people who do the card concepting are all brought in, they're freelance. Like I said, they're mostly artists we've worked with on normal mag, you know, making normal magic cards. Um, okay, so, so let's, so anyway, um, so what happens is, sorry, I'm jumping around today. Uh, so we bring them in and we create a world and they come in for three to four weeks. Um, Maybe one, maybe one podcast I'll go all into the world building. Um, the, the short version is that they are brought in to try to figure out people who we think will shine within whatever particular thing we're doing. Um, I, I use Omnicad just because that's relatively recent. Where the idea is, okay, we want to do a Egypt-inspired world, but with a bolus flavor. And so what will happen is the, the creative team, before the artists come in, will figure out some essence of things they want. What sort of trappings of Egypt are they thinking about? And what, what's the cosmology and what does bolus mean? And so when the artist comes in, there's a bunch of documents made that are more um, ideas. And then when the artists come in, there's a presentation given by the story and art teams to sort of say the direction they're looking at. And then they, I think usually the uh, world building is, is three or four weeks. And they sort of, in the beginning, the artists are given a lot of free reign to do whatever they want. And then they, they start sort of doing things. They start picking up the things they like. And they start directing things in a certain direction as they find things that sort of are working. Um, so what happens is the end result of that is 
they create something we call uh, a world style guide. That with the work of the artists and then with the internal, you know, we've been, we have some internal artists that do concepting um, and the art directors we, and the story people, we put together this document that sort of says, hey, here's this world. Here's what the world looks like. Here's what the people look like. Here's the kind of creatures on this world. Here's the kind of clothing. Here's the kind of weapons. You know, it, it, it's a, so the, how, it's many, many, it's hundreds of pages. It's, it's probably, um, usually it's about an inch to inch and a half thick um, in, in a bound thing. And that we send this off to the arts. Actually, probably these days we send it electronically. But um, we, create, we create this thing. And so the idea is any artist that works for us, we have a, the world itself is created and we have this whole um, world guide to sort of show off what the world is and all the components of the world. Okay, the next step is that for each card, we have to figure out what exactly we want the card to do. I've, I've talked about this before, what we call card concepting. So let's say I have a card that, you know, says, um, destroy target creature, you gain three life. Okay, well, what does that mean? It's a spell, it's black spell. Okay, well, what exactly is the person doing? Now, there's a whole bunch of ways to show a kill spell. How exactly on this world, you know, is it, is it somebody using a weapon? Is it a magical spell? Is it, um, you know, is it a, sometimes we'll hit story points. Like what, what exactly is going on in this card? And so we figure out from the card concepting, and this is something the creative team does, uh, is okay, oh, they're using disease magic or they're using uh, locusts or they're using, you know, uh, some sort of fatigue or whatever they're doing. Whatever they're doing, whatever the flavor is, what it means that they're destroying the creature, they figure out what that is. And so the card conceptor works closely with the art director to figure out sort of the essence of, okay, what does this represent? And there's a lot of training that goes into that because you have to not just figure out what it is, you have to figure out what it is in a way that an artist can draw. So one of the things that's important to us is we as much as possible, want to give freedom to the artist to draw it in the coolest way they can. So we don't give composition to the artist most of the time. It's sort of like, here's the thing we need to represent. You figure out how you want to visually represent that. We don't tend to tell them that. Um, we might say, oh, it's a wizard using, uh, you know, disease magic and you, and you, you know, well, the other big thing about art descriptions is you have to be able to, the art box on a, ma a magic card is pretty small. And so you really have to focus in on what you're showing because you can't show too many things. So for example, maybe I'm doing a kill spell. Maybe I'm not showing the wizard casting the kill spell. I'm showing the victim getting the results of the kill spell. Usually that's what we do. We show the result of the spell most often. So let's say you see a creature withering away from disease or something because it, it shows that something using disease. Um, and the idea is we say to the artist, okay, well, this is what, it, you know, it represents a magical spell that is causing the recipient to become immediately sick. But then we leave it up to the artist to figure out how, how do they do that? You know, how do they want to represent that? Who do they want to show? You know, now they'll have the world guide. Like one of the things we show them is what, who, what exists in the world. Here's the creatures of the world. Here's the humanoids of the world. Here's the monsters of the world. Here's the things that are in the world to a certain extent. Now, sometimes... If somebody's drawing something and it's the only one, like we're drawing uh, a dragon, we might say to them, okay, you have the only dragon. We didn't bother showing what a dragon looks like, 
But what we're asking you is, this is what the world looks like. Can you draw a dragon that makes sense in that world? And since there's only one dragon in the set, it doesn't matter if other dragons match it because it's the only dragon. So a lot of times when an artist is drawing something that's unique, we let them have some flexibility in how it looks. Um, but we give them the world guide as a means for them to understand sort of the world it goes in with. And if they're doing a humanoid or something like we have stuff like the clothing and locales and, you know, we have things that we're showing, okay, you can, you can have a lot of freedom, but it still needs to take place in the world that we're in. And there's a lot of different rules that'll happen depending on, on the set. Um, sometimes the set is about sort of who the characters are. Sometimes it's about the setting. Sometimes it could be about, oh, this set, uh, it's more shown at night or it's more shown, you know, we're trying to show things scarier. So please do more underlighting or, you know, try to get the tone of it being a little scarier. Um, and so what happens is we, uh, the art director, so what happens is the, somebody usually on the story team does the card concepting and then they get passed along to the art, the art director. There's multiple art directors. Each, each set has an art director. Um, once upon a time, Magic had one art director, but Magic's got big enough and we do enough worlds now that now we have many art directors. And usually the way it works is any one world is under the guise of one art director. So if I'm working with somebody, um, you know, if I'm doing a new world, there's a, a singular art director I'm working with and usually a singular story person I'm working with to sort of consolidate it all to make sure we have the essence of what that is. Um, and then um, what happens is, okay, so the card conceptor makes a card, makes a, um, card concept. It goes to the art director of that set. Art director will look it over, maybe tweak a few things for the art description. Um, and then it's the art director's job to go find the artist that best can draw that thing. Uh, and what you realize over time is that different artists have different strengths. For example, John Avon is famous for being awesome and doing lands, doing landscapes and stuff. Um, there's a lot of artists. I mean, every, every artist has, its special, has his or her specialty or their specialty. Um, every artist, you know, has things that they do really well. Um, and so what we try to do is match up the artist with the card that will let them shine as an artist. And once again, we really like to have a lot of flexibility so the artist can do what they want to do. So what happens is we give the artist, um, they get the assignment. Um, so the way it works is we have what we call waves, art waves. Um, and the idea is we send our art and then we expect art back. So art waves are seven weeks long. Uh, that's how long an artist has to do to do the, the full um, painting. Um, and we have seven art waves in a year. So seven times seven is 49. I think we take a few weeks off for the holidays and then that's the whole year. So we have seven art waves in a year. Now, um, one of the things you'll realize is we make a lot of products. We make four main sets a year. Um, or, or now we're going to make three main sets and a core set, uh, and then we have supplemental sets, many of which have new art. Um, so the idea is you have to balance all that stuff. All the, all the art, every single thing we need to do that requires art, we have to put it in one of the waves. And usually the way it works is the bigger sets um, tend to have two waves, and the smaller sets had one. Now, we've been doing way of the smaller sets. I'm not actually quite... In the new world we're living in, I'm not quite sure how the art's working. I do know there's seven, seven, seven-week art waves. Okay, so what happens is we send, we find the right artist. Um, the art director will call them up and talk to them. And, and make, part of the art director's job is making sure that we have the right artist for the right job and that they understand what they're doing. Um, not only is there art descriptions and the world guide, but also usually the artist will have a discussion. The art director will have a discussion with the artist. Just make sure that they're 
understanding what we want. Then what happens is the um, the artist does starts by doing a sketch. And when I say a sketch, it varies from artist to artist what that means. Um, what we mean by it is before you do the whole painting, do a simpler version of it so we can look at it to make sure that we're happy. That that that. Um, so when I often it's a sketch. Sometimes it is done on the computer, but I mean it's. It's not the final version of the picture. It's an earlier version that it's done quicker so we can get the, the basic essence of it, understand composition, understand sort of what we're doing. The reason it's important is that while we give a lot of instructions to the artist, the artists don't know the world as well as the creative team does. So the one of the reasons for doing the sketch is sometimes we can, we can catch things. Um, and it could be, oh, you've done something that's not right about this world. Oh, you did this thing, but oh, you didn't know, but this thing's not in this world or whatever. You know, imagine you were doing Tarkir and just for flavor, you put a dragon in the background. You're like, oh, no, no, no. In Contra Tarkir, there's no dragons. You can't have a dragon in the background. Um, and so what happens is um, we look at the sketch. Sometimes um, there's things in which we forgot to say something um, and then we have to come back and say, oh, oh, this creature flies. Can you make sure, can, uh, make sure it's clear that it's flying or in flight or something? Um, sometimes it could be something's changed. Development's changed the card. And so it comes in and goes, that's an awesome thing. Okay, something's changed about the card. We need you to change this one small feature. Can you tweak this thing? Um, and so the idea of the sketch is it's allow us to get a general sense of where they're going. Um, I, I don't know when they turn sketch in. Roughly halfway or something is my guess, but I, I, I don't actually know how, how, how into the seven weeks they show it. But anyway, so that they then... Um, will um, turn in the sketch. Uh, there's, they get notes on the sketch, and then based on the notes, they make the final, and they send the final in. Um, a question I get a lot is, how many artists work digitally work um, in more traditional forms? Um, the answer is, over the years, more and more and more and more artists have gone to digital. Um, and the answer is that digital, there's an ease of use of digital. For example, once upon a time when people did art, or, and some people still do this, they make original art. If you paint on canvas, we need the art. So you have to box it up and make sure that nothing happens to it and mail it into us, and we have to scan it in, and then we can send it back to you. Um, the artists get, get the original art. So if they make an original art, um, one of the things about the contract is you own the original art. You don't own the image. We own the image. Um, but you own the original art. So if you make a piece of art and then want to sell it, you, you, you can um, in fact, one of the reasons some artists still work in traditional media is there is a thriving, you know, people like magic art. And so um, there's a lot of people that like to buy original magic art. Anyway, I would say about uh, the vast, vast majority, 90%, 80, 90% um, tend to work in some sort of digital form. Now, that doesn't mean the technology's got good enough now that you can do a lot of techniques similar to how you did them on Canvas on a computer. Um, the computer also allows a lot of flexibility. Not, not only is it easier to sort of use it and send it in and stuff, but also if you want to fix something, um, computers let you paint in layers and things. So the idea is that you can go back and you can adjust just one piece without the things around it. Um, but anyway, most of the artists, or the majority of the artists use computers these days. Um, not that you can tell necessarily. Like I said, as computers have gotten better and better, it's becoming harder and harder to tell what medium someone is painting in 
um, because computers have gotten better at sort of mimicking um, the real world thing. So anyway, the artist then sends in their final. Um, every once in a blue moon, there might be notes on the final. Sometimes someone sends it in and for whatever reason something happens, we might go back to the artist. Um, you know, sometimes we'll talk to them and say, oh, you did thing X and Y, you know, and there's all sorts of different reasons we'll talk with the artist, but we never change an artist's work without consulting with the artist. Um, there are times, for example, for different reasons, we have to crop things or flop things or, you know, there, there's different times where for, for things often outside the artist's control, some tiny thing has to be changed. Um, and once again, there also is stuff where we're changing cards along the way because the art, um, the art gets done, um, midway through the process when we're, we're still working on the set. So things will still change. So sometimes when the final comes in, there's things that have to be changed because of that. Um, but anyway, what happens is the artist sends his work in, uh, and then once the artist sends it in, there's sort of a, a quiet time where we have the art, but the set's not out yet. So one of the rules about how the, it works for the artist is they can't talk about art until the art is public. Meaning until the audience knows it exists, they can't say anything. And the reason is that um, we are very secretive about what's up and coming. And sometimes the tiniest piece of information about a piece of art could give away a huge twist. For example, Ixalan's coming out. One of Ixalan's big thing was dinosaurs. Well, if somebody had shown their art before it was public and you could see dinosaurs, well, that kind of gives away there's dinosaurs coming. Um, so the artists do not show their art until we publicly, we have showed the art publicly and then they're free to show it. Um, we obviously credit the artist. If you notice on a magic card, um, the, the artists are the one person actually credited on the card. Um, I guess we've done a little bit of credit for outside designers, but the only people that regularly get credit on a card is the artist. It's always at the bottom. There's a little paintbrush with their name. Um, it used to say illustrated by, the reason we moved for a paintbrush, anyone know the answer to that? Is translation. It allows us not to have to translate that we can, because uh, the names don't get translated. So it allows us to one less step of things we have to translate. Um, so uh, for being an artist for magic, uh, obviously we pay you. Um, you also get what are known as artist proofs, which are versions of your card that don't have a back on them, that have a white back. Um, I forget how many we give, but we give a bunch. And the idea is it's something the artist can sign and stuff at shows and things. Um, another thing that we do for the artist is while we control, like we own the image, um, you know, they own the original, we own the image, but we allow them to make prints of their work to sell. Um, so if you ever go and see uh, at a convention or something and see an artist, they often will have prints to sell. We allow them to have prints to sell. The other thing that we started doing recently is we, um, there's some authorization for this one, but uh, they have the right to try to um, sell or they have the right to sell like play mats and other things with their, their art on it. Um, there's a process they have to go through to sort of get okays on that. Um, but, you know, if we, we allow artists now to sort of, for example, make play mats and then, um, you know, if fans of theirs want a particular play mat, uh, the artists manage it and it's, you know, it's their own inventory. They're paying for it, but they're selling it and getting the, getting the profit. Um, but there's a, a process they work with us to, you know, um, make sure the images are okay and everything. Um, the... Uh, and uh, the other thing that we do for a lot of our artists is we help coordinate. There are shows all around the world, and people love having artists come. And so another thing that we'll do with a lot of our artists is help coordinate to get them to shows so they can get flown. Um, 
usually the person who puts on the event is the one who flies them in. Um, but we help coordinate that so that, you know, uh, one of the cool things about being a magic artist is that you have opportunities to travel and, and, and you know, um, I, I know a lot, I have a bunch of friends who are artists and, you know, like Matt Cavada, for example, uh, a good friend of mine, he, he's been all over the world, you know, signing and, and, and being sort of a visiting artist. In fact, I first met him because he was in Australia, um, there for one of the, I think, the world championship. Um, so the, the, there is a lot of opportunity there. Um, also, um, the other thing that's, that's interesting about the art is magic art has proven to be um, a really good calling card. Um, I know a lot of artists will, um, magic has been a, a really good way to get exposure of their art. So a lot of other people see it. Um, a lot of magic art uh, wins awards and there's a lot of sort of uh, exposure in sort of, there's a whole series of different like um, competitions and things where people can get awards for art. Uh, the specific ones for fantasy art. Um, and also just being on a magic card just gets wider exposure. Um, so many of our artists have gone on to, you know, do a lot of amazing things. And a part of that's come from magic is just a really good calling card um, for people to sort of see your art. Um, I think any other thing. Uh, the, the, the thing that, that's really important that I want to stress is um, artists are super important. We really value the artists. Like I say, we work really hard to have a very positive relationship with our artists. Um, we work very hard to give our artists a lot of um, freedom to sort of have some control of what they draw. Um, we like artists. Like I said, we, the artists have the rights to their original and to be able to do prints and be able to do like play mats and stuff. And we want artists to be able to get their art out there. We, we encourage the artists to you know, be able to um, interact with the fans. Um, and like I said, the, the artists are not, not actually employees, but they're freelance employees, I guess. Uh, and they're really, really important to us. And there's a lot of artists. Um, so a couple questions people ask me all the time about artists. Number one, do they play magic? Um, what we have found is the majority do not play magic, only because the majority um, of people don't play magic. Um, I, what, what, they, they fall into three camps. Uh, they're the artists who are gamers, and those learn how to play magic, uh, mostly. And, and So there are plenty of artists that do play magic. It's not like there are none. There are, there are a bunch that do play magic. Um, there are some that learn to play magic just enough because they illustrate for magic and want to have a general understanding of it. Um, and so there's some that sort of play lightly, uh, and then there's some that just don't play at all. Um, and that one of the things we're really careful of when we do art descriptions is the art director sort of learns over time the knowledge of the person and how much they know about magic. And that the more magic they, they know, the more the art director can talk to them sort of in game terms, and the more they don't, um, we can talk to them in sort of more generic terms. Um, but there's all sorts of funny stories about artists. Like one of my favorite, real quickly, since I'm almost to work, is the art description was show a drake being hit by a lightning bolt. And so the artist showed a male duck being hit by a lightning bolt, because it's called a drake, um, not realizing that a drake is a fantasy creature, that, you know, kind of like a dragon. Um, and that's just an example of someone who didn't know fantasy well enough to understand what a drake was. Um, now, obviously, he did the sketch. We caught it at sketch, and all, it all got fixed. Um, but it's just a good example of not... Some artists are very, very familiar with fantasy and very, very familiar with magic and very familiar with our world. Some artists, less so. Um, but that's why we do a lot to work with them so they can understand that. And that we... why we, we 
Um, and another big thing that's happened over time, like that Drake story from long, long ago, we do a lot more prep work with the artists before they see it as far as showing them the world guides and all that. Um, we've been making world guides for a while, but we've gotten the technology of the world guides and how we do them and what we put in them has, has just vastly improved over the years as, you know, we iterate. I talk about iterating in game design. Well, they iterate in art and they, they're constantly figuring the better ways to make worlds and make style guides and make world guides and such. Um, but anyway, guys, I'm now at work, so hopefully that gives you a better sense of kind of who artists are and how do we get the artists. Um, oh, oh, okay, final, final thing to answer before I go um, is you want to be an artist. How do you become a magic artist? Um, this one's a little more complex. There is a procedure online, I know, to submit things. Um, we do have, our art directors do go to shows, um, I know, like... Gen Con and San Diego Comic Con and, you know, they go to big conventions and there are portfolios where you can get a time to do a portfolio and show them. Um, you know, there, there are a bunch of different ways where you can show your work. Um, and a very common thing, by the way, is a lot of people show their work and what the art director will say is, you're not quite there yet, but here's the things you can do to move there and, and, and help artists, something they try to do. We are constantly looking for new art, uh, new artists, um, you know, it is, we make a lot of magic art and, you know, there's a natural ebb and flow. Like I said, a lot of artists, um, go on to do other things and that we're always looking for new artists, new and exciting artists. Um, so if that's something you're interested in, like I said, I know the stuff online and also you can look at conventions for portfolios. We show up a lot of conventions. Um, but anyway, that my friends is hopefully a lot of things about artists and how we work with artists and who the artists are. Um, they, they're a huge part of the game. Like I said, um, I don't want to undersell how important art is to the game. It really is one of the things that sets Magic apart from a lot of other games. And we prize our art, we prize our artists, and we spend a lot of time and energy. Like I said, the, the creative team, you know, once upon a time, the creative team was just a few people with one art director. And now it's a giant team with many art directors and concept illustrators. And we're, we're building all sorts of worlds. And, you know, it, it's really cool and exciting. And so it is, it is awesome. That, that our artists, I, I've had a chance to meet a lot of our artists over the years um, at conventions, at different places. And I'm always impressed and always excited. And there's so many, and, and our artists come from around the world, by the way. It's not just like they're all American or something. We have artists from almost every continent I can think of. Um, you know, we have artists from around the world. We have artists that don't speak English because, you know, but, but they know art. Uh, and so we, we interact with a lot of different people and it's, it is really cool and exciting to see all the stuff. Like one of the cool things for me is um, when the art comes in, um, now given the, this is of the traditional art, but the traditional art they'll put up and you can see it. And sometimes when they get cool art, they'll print out the, the stuff that's digital so we can see it. And it is just neat to see as the art comes in, see the art up on the wall. And like, it really, like I'm, I'm used to playing with magic cards without art. I'm used to playing with just little stickers. Um, and it is always such a joy when we finally get to the point where they actually get to see the art on the cards. Um, like I know, for example, for Unstable, I, I was watching when the art came in and like, it's amazing how it just brings cards to life. Things that you really are proud of from a design standpoint, but you, you put the art on and all of a sudden it transcends into something even more amazing. So uh, let me end today by saying hats off to all the artists. Um, it really does make magic what it makes. And anyway, I'm now at work. So that means this is the end of my drive to work. Instead of talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. I'll see you guys next time.